but I feel to an extent privileged to have an English name. Of course, I have my Nigerian names as well, but um, to have that as my main name that I, I, I go by, it just allows some, for people to, I guess, um, easily digest my name. And then that whole friction between trying to build rapport with people and trying to, um, for people to kind of like get to know me, it's, it's a bit easier when it's something they're familiar with. My accent as well is yeah. something that people are familiar with. So when you hear a character, you know, let's say we're on the phone call and you hear my name's Phil and I sound like this, that is so much easier for people to, I guess, digest than if it was, you know, my name was like Tunde and I, and I'd sound, you know, I guess I had a more Nigerian strong accent. So there are not many black Gen Z, um, you know, founders in the agency world as well, in the creative agency space, that's even puts me in 0.01% of people that look like it's like, hopefully my, just my existence and putting, sharing my story is enough to inspire. Of course, when I'm in the position, I'd love to kind of support in more of a way, but it's like, it's, it's so true. Like representation is something that is, you don't realize how important it is until you're, there's a lack of it. In today's episode, join me in conversation with Phil Osai, where we discuss his experiences and feelings of survivor's guilt by having an English first name despite being of Nigerian background. We also discuss how he came up with his agency's name, Osai, and his advice around how to use your difference and your diversity as your superpower. Names enriched with meaning are part of one's identity and hold such importance. I'm Maya Mitsko, September Welford. What's your name? So my name, my full name is Philip Ogochiku Oloasheon Osai. People just call me Phil. I really go by Philip. Um, I'm the founder and CEO of Osai, which is a personal branding agency based out in Manchester. And um, yeah, that's, that's my name. Thanks, Phil, and thank you so much for finally coming on the podcast. This has been long awaited, and I'm really, really, really excited to have you on. Um, so how do you think your name, Phil or Philip, has kind of shaped your experiences in life, in work? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. It's interesting. When I really think about it, and like obviously when you told me uh, we would do this podcast, I had time to reflect and think, like, okay, cool, what does my name mean to me? How do, how do I feel like it's affected the way I, I operate in the world of work? Um, and we're kind of saying just before we started recording, it's interesting that I feel as a result of my name, um, I guess also my, like just my personal experiences, I decided to want to work for myself. Um, and in working for myself, I think a, a subconscious decision behind that was I didn't want to have to face the obstacles that I guess corporate Britain um, tend to have around, you know, uh, diversity and inclusion, um, your name. I, I know a lot of people that work in corporate and it's a constant battle every single day to like, just make yourself feel comfortable, like you belong here. And I think I just decided I didn't really want to do that. Again, this is all subconscious and not over with reflection, but I just knew um, it, it just wasn't what I, I felt like I wanted to, to do, I wanted to put my energy into actually helping provide value for people to kind of like create 
you know, about a service and the agency that we are now obviously running to actually just, you know, um, to, to, to do good. So I'm happy that I'm, <laughs> I'm not in that world. I get to be me. My team is essentially a fully diverse team. Um, and that there, I guess, has just been like a, a subconscious decision, probably because of the fact that I am a black guy with the name Phil. It's all just mm-hmm. been a bit, um, a bit subconscious, but interesting. Mm, that is interesting. And do you feel like, and because I know I saw a LinkedIn post um, a few months ago that you created, and it was talking about how, you know, you have like an English name, Phil. And sometimes, and I, if I'm remembering correctly, if I'm not, please correct me, but sometimes you feel like perhaps doors might have been opened for you because of the name Phil versus like a more like ethnic name. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I remember that post. It must have been oof, probably like a good six months ago. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I just woke up one day and I was just, I guess I was just feeling grateful and, and thankful and reflecting on my journey, right? And um, I did feel that my, the fact that my name is Phil or I go by Philip Phil, um, it probably has helped me in ways. And I think the phrase is survivor's guilt, that feeling of mm. like, wow, I feel to an extent privileged to have an English name. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have my Nigerian names as well, but um, to have that as my main name that I, I, I go by, it just allows some, for people to, I guess, um, easily digest my name and then that whole friction between trying to build rapport with people and trying to um for people to kind of like get to know me it's it's a bit easier when it's something they're familiar with and it got me thinking because i wouldn't call myself the most intelligent person i just think i'm uh, i don't know which I, I work really hard and that's probably my, my my thing but it's like there are definitely people out there that are as intelligent as me or even more intelligent than me that have, I guess, harder to pronounce names, especially Nigerian names can be, um, can be difficult for, for a lot of us, um, I guess other people to, to pronounce. And it's like, that could have been an obstacle for them to enter the same doors I have. Yeah. Um, I'd even like to touch, I guess, expand on that and even say yeah. like, the fact that I've lived in the UK for most of my life, my accent as well is yeah. something that people are familiar with. So when you hear a character, you know, let's say we're on the phone call and you hear my name's Phil and I sound like this, that is so much easier for people to, I guess, digest than if it was, you know, my name was like Tunde and I, and I'd sound, you know, I guess I had a more Nigerian strong accent. So it's a weird, it was a weird feeling of survivor's guilt, but questioning why this is a thing and what can we do to change it? Yeah, definitely. It's it's an interesting perspective and not one that we've really touched on on the podcast before. So Phil, thank you for sharing that. And I think like sharing it so openly and being so reflective of it, I think is is really important. And you mentioned that you feel this survivor's guilt and you feel in a way privileged by the name that you have and, you know, the accent that you have. What are you doing? And, and you mentioned, you know, you're speaking about it and so on, but tell me about your journey and what you've been doing with that survivor's guilt and the kind of privilege that you're, that you have with the name. Yeah, of course. So I think it, it all, it's, it started very internally. So me just thinking about it and journaling it and, and trying to like meditate on what, what does this mean for me? And what privilege, how can I use this privilege um, to kind of like support others that may not have more easily pronounceable names. 
Um, and that transitioned into having conversations with people. Um, I've just been having, actually, I met um, a LinkedIn friend yesterday and we were talking about this whole concept. So yeah. he's, um, he's a Pakistani man. And he's like, he wants to also talk about diversity and inclusion and how we can, as entrepreneurs, support, you know, future entrepreneurs, um, people in the workplace to, you know, I guess, feel more empowered to be themselves. How can we kind of like create a more authentic, inclusive culture within our agencies? Um, so I'm, I'm planning, it's all like, I guess in the future, but I'm planning to start to create more content around this topic. Mm. My experience of being, you know, the 24 year old Gen Z black founder based in Manchester, which is, is, is pretty unique. And there yeah. aren't many people that look like me that are in my space as well. Um, I'm hoping to just start to really push that message of, you know, regardless of where you're from, how you sound, um, and also what your name is, mm. it's important that you just try to, um, to ground yourself in that. In the world of personal branding, which I'm in, um, the more unique you are, the, the better advantage you actually have to be able yeah. to stand out. So it's funny how what we used to be teased for, or people used to like, you know, I guess, um, ostracize us for, is now what is our advantage. It's our su superpower. So it's like, I want to kind of like support, you know, minority founders in, in the agency, but then outside of that, just support, I guess, other people of color um, to, you know, to, to, to own their own their heritage because it, it, it really is a superpower. Yeah, I, I so agree with you on that. I'm so with you. It, it definitely is your superpower. And it's interesting how the narrative has shifted from like people not feeling like they can necessarily show up at work or in the corporate environment or in even in just society to I feel like we're moving towards people using their difference in a really positive way and recognizing that is that it can definitely be their superpower. I remember I had a conversation quite recently about kind of socioeconomic background and perhaps like the difficulties that people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds experience. You know, maybe you don't have your parents such as me who work in that kind of corporate environment, but you through coming from a lower socioeconomic background, you experience things through life that university can't teach you, that working in a corporate can't teach you. But it teaches you things like resilience and adaptability and how to be resourceful and how to get stuff done with like no funding and no money that I think now I'm really pushing the message that, yeah, you people might have come from like a very bad place, but how can you use those experiences to push yourself forward and to kind of give you that edge? So I'm really, really with you on that one. Do you have any reflections on that? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I think when I look back at my, I guess, my uh, childhood, it was very interesting. So I was born in Nigeria, um, but um, I think within eight months, I actually left the country. Uh, my dad actually worked for the Nigerian government um, in the finance department. So we were able to have, I guess they call them diplomatic missions. He oh, yeah. traveled to different countries and worked there. So I actually uh, lived in Sweden for four years. Wow. I've never actually said this story before. It's yeah. crazy. Um, so I lived in Sweden for four years and, um, while I was there, I actually went to a private school. It was like an English speaking school. So I learned a bit of Swedish, but I spoke predominantly English. I was around bastards kids, um, you know, really high, I guess, class, like it was like a first class, upper class, uh, yeah. environment. Um, and then of course, when I moved to the UK, that kind of changed and you kind of went, I guess, back down to working class. Um, 
So I've had, I guess, experiences of a bit of both. Yeah. So I have to hold up that side of the privilege. I have had, you know, really um, rare experiences compared to most people um, from my background. So with that being said, it's really interesting to see how, I guess, people that are born into privilege and wealth operate um, versus those that aren't. And it's like, in the context of entrepreneurship, it's actually, it's actually a bit of an advantage if you are from, you know, um, wealth or you're not from, you know, a good background because your motivations are very clear and it, and it comes to you really quickly. So when you're, when your objective is survival, like I just want to feel financially stable. I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs about this and this is kind of their mo, a lot of their motivations. They think they want millions of pounds and a massive exit or a great big business, but really and truly, they just want to feel like they know where their next paycheck is coming from. Mm. And they want not have to worry at night about, about that whole concept. So it's kind of like things like that don't occur with people that have stability or I guess an amazing childhood um, growing up. So it's kind of like the, the thing that you think is your disadvantage, I honestly believe is it, it, it flips around. It's a superpower. It's, mm. it's just, um, it's about leaning into it, accepting it, and then being able to use that. So whether it's your name, um, it's your accent, it's your so, social economic background, um, or your experiences in Bronfield, those are really powerful things that if you share and you're able to talk about it and be able to, like, I guess, process it first, of course, then not only will you attract people that can connect with your story, you can also just become, I guess, a figurehead or, you know, that visible leader that is pushing through those, um, those stigmas and, and barriers. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and on the topic of like entrepreneurship, what I, I haven't, I'm, I'm not too kind of obviously experienced in that field and I don't know too much about entrepreneurship, but definitely to like the socioeconomic point, like if you come from a rich family and you have parents or a parent who can help give you that funding to get started or you have actually the safety blanket of like quitting your job and starting that that kind of that business that and pursuing that business idea versus like people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds who physically cannot quit their job or or it feels much harder or much more impossible to quit that job and take that risk it's it's interesting obviously that that leads to more people from more privileged backgrounds kind of starting businesses and kind of kind of giving them a go and then it like continues that cycle of like entrepreneurs they you know can be very very successful more successful than someone just working in the corporate world so it's interesting that it kind of perpetuates that cycle um but it's really really great and and I think really important to hear about you know you reflecting on how you're trying to enhance inclusion and diversity within entrepreneurship and make it more accessible to all people from you know all different socioeconomic backgrounds and all all different kind of ethnicities as well i think that's really really empowering for people who typically have not been able to access entrepreneurship as much as you know your white privileged typically men so it, it's I'm really, really happy to hear that you're kind of doing so much great work in that space. And on the topic of your agency, I know it's your surname. How did you come up with the name? Um, it's, it's interesting. I actually had quite a few names in like in the bag that I was going to pick. But I ended up going with my last name because number one, personal branding of anyone that doesn't truly understand what it means, it's for conscious building of your reputation. Mm. Often referred to in the digital and the professional context. So it's 
It's what people think of when they see your name or face or in digital terms, when they see your picture, profile, and then your content. So when creating the agency, I wanted to kind of like embody and prove, you know, put my money where my mouth is and um, have full accountability out there. So it was like, it's called side. So um, that's my personal brand, a part mm-hmm. of me is that. And if I have the confidence to be able to do that, then, you know, I'm worth trusting like, uh, with your old name and your personal brand as well. So it was kind of like a, a two-pronged thing. So mm-hmm. that was one side of it. I just wanted to kind of connect the concept of personal branding to the agency. Um, the second part was I actually wanted to see what would happen. Well, this is part of like, the experiment, right? Of what would happen if I use a Nigerian last name mm-hmm. that I admit it's not the hardest to pronounce mm-hmm. outside. But if I was to put that in the world, in the corporate world, in the, in the world of entrepreneurship and business and see how people react to that and resonate with it. Because there aren't many African last names that you hear about in the UK yeah. in businesses. So I thought, let me uh, be one of the first to do it. Love that. I really, really love that. Um, yeah, it's great. And do you, did you have, like, was it like an immediate, yes, I'm going to pick Osai? Um, and I'm, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, um, versus did you kind of try out different names? Like, was there a list that you shortlisted? Talk me through like the kind there of was. Process. Yeah. So um, the, 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 I think the second closest option was actually Oasis. Okay. And yeah. Oasis is um, it's an anagram of Osai. So it's the same, you know, um, letters. And I thought, okay, let me do that because Osai would be hard for people to connect mm-hmm. with. But then obviously I'm from Manchester. Oasis is like the biggest band from, from up here. Yeah. Um, and then there's a drink too. That was, I was like, let's not get into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a it was a tough decision. Like it, it definitely had you know, it, it took me some time to think like whether or not this is the best thing to do. because um, I was worried how are people gonna take my name, how that, that that's gonna bring me back kind of like what I said earlier on. I'm going to have to face that challenge and that obstacle of explaining my heritage and my name and what I stand for. Um, And of course, having a team behind that, it's like, how do you, how will they resonate with that? Is it all about Phil or is it all about the person running the agency itself? So there was a a bit of a, you know, a mental battle there. But I think um, at the end of the day, by putting the name out there, it's hopefully going to kind of like, I guess, normalize seeing African names and pronouncing it uh, and and kind of going from there. Definitely. And I think it comes down to that role modeling piece, right? Like if you're able to like step in front of your surname, it kind of gives like permission and not permission in the sense of like that people need permission, but it kind of gives people that perhaps like inspiration to be like, yeah, this is my name and or this is my surname and yeah it's not English but actually it shows so much or it can it's tied to my identity and it's who I am and it's part of who I am and you're stepping in front of that which I think is really inspirational so yeah I think it's really great I I really like that it's it's funny that you say that because um I have um I have a few friends in the in in the business world that are as passionate or probably even more passionate about this and we always talk about the phrase you can't be what you can't see. Yeah. Can't be what you can't see. Essentially, it's it's um it's important for someone to take that first step to then make other people realize, ah, that is possible. So like I said before, 
I'm not saying it like it's um like it's a flex or anything, but there are not many black Gen Z black um, you know founders in the agency world as well in the creative agency space. That's even puts me in not point not one percent or look like it's like hopefully my just my existence and putting sharing my story is enough to inspire. Of course, when I'm in the position, I'd love to kind of support in more of a way. But it's like it's it's so true. Like representation is something that is. You don't realize how important it is until you're, you, there's a lack of it, or yeah. unless you you finally meet someone and you're like, ah, I didn't realize someone like you existed, and it just changes your whole perspective on, on things. Absolutely, absolutely. And what advice would you give to someone, you know, in a similar situation to you, with you know, an English sounding or an English first name? What advice would you give to them? Yeah. So if if you're, uh, I guess, not English and you have an English name, understand that there are privileges you have that mm. even your friend from the same place as you may not actually have if their name isn't uh, English sounding. So that that privilege doesn't have to change, I guess, the way you act around people, but just accept and understand that that's actually a thing if you're not considered it. And I say the second thing is music use it and push yourself to you know to whatever heights you believe you can reach and when you're there try and help other people that may not you know, have been as fortunate as you because um you know say it's, it's lonely at the top it's like why would you want to just get yourself into the best position ever and not be able to help open the doors for others so yeah how do you use the the privilege you've got but to go i guess yeah definitely definitely and i think yes. we can be using the privilege that we have not not only when we like reach the top but it's also and what i like to do is empower people to think oh yeah i might just be at, at sixth form or at college or at, even at school but how can i help someone else like how can i bring you know maybe the person in the year below me how can i mentor them, them and support them so a message i try and push a lot is anyone can be a mentor and anyone can help you know the next generation whoever that might be um so yeah i really really like that really like that i'll, I'll tell you why i really like that because in in the personal branding world i say to all my clients what's common knowledge to you is a mm. game changer to someone else mm. so you just think it's like regular information oh yeah I hear that you know day in day out you could yeah. just say that passively to someone and it could change the whole perspective so it's like yeah i'm i agree you don't have to be at the top you could be really in school yeah just help someone that may be even if you're one step ahead of them that one step is still enough information experience to, to share with other people exactly phil thank you so much for your time this morning and for sharing really openly about you know your name and the experiences that you've had but also more broadly you know we've touched on ethnicity we've touched on people from less advantaged backgrounds and kind of underrepresented backgrounds so i've really enjoyed speaking with you thank you so much no thank you thank you for having me on